Promotional consideration paid for by the following. There's nothing more intimate than your choice of toilet paper, except for maybe your choice of tampon, but that's another commercial. The marketing department here at Koala asked thousands of housewives what their dream toilet tissue would be. They said, something with pretty colors that matches my bathroom, ribbed and quilted for pleasure, an expensive brand that makes me feel superior, even when I'm on the john and constipated as hell. Something patriotic that sends Australia a message. And no more skid marks. So we decided to combine these ideas in the new improved koala. The paper that stops skid marks dead in their tracks. It's quilted. Because we all dream of wiping our ass on quilts, don't we? It's absorbent. Because it has to be. It's expensive. So your poor friends will feel inferior. And it stops those nasty stains right at their source. Know what I mean? It's like a soft, fluffy animal you can wipe your ass with. Koala, let the bear deal with your behind. Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 357 of Third Shift. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Eric, and today we have a special guest. He's a super special little boy. His name's Mr. Matt, the inglorious bastard himself. He's here. Wow, we haven't heard from him in a hundred years. Except he's here every week because we're always here. We do the thing. We always do the thing. It is a good day, though. We are back at home. We are in a normal setup. We're doing the normal thing, except that's not 100% true because we had to do it a day early. So it's still not 100% the norm. Because could it be? Can it ever be? I don't know. In the summertime... Pretty much no. The answer is no. Yeah. That's how it goes. So I had to do a forehead wipe thing and go, whew, and Eric saw it, and you didn't see it, listeners, but I'm explaining it right now, so now that you know that I did that, you can feel the tension. And you'll know the hesitation and the pause on me. You can feel the tension in the air when it happened, because Eric reminded me that we're doing it a day early, because I was just thinking... Before the show time, got to do the show. It's going to take up all the rest of the night. Can't have time to do nothing else. Oh, man. And then we're going to roll right into Friday, roll right into Saturday. Hey, wait, dummy. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. So that means after we get off of this, I can play games. You just go play games. Or I can do the show and then have all the rest of tomorrow to all play games. All Thursday to do everything. Whatever I want to do. It's a magical wonderland for me. Whatever I want to do is what I get to do. Phew! It isn't so bad. After all, the stars have aligned. Everything's going to be okay. And of course, to start the day off, to start the week off, Matt, how was the last week since we talked in that basement at another person's house? I don't remember. Because as we talked about off air, all the memories... See, your your memories from before the pit went in the pit, and you've forgotten about them. My memories from after the pit slid back into the pit, so I feel like I have, like, quarter-end hangover. Like, I'm like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, what'd you do this week? Like, it feels in my head like we just did last week's show yesterday, mm-hmm. but somehow I thought it was a day ahead, so I thought it was on Thursday. I don't know. It's... It's a weird, funky time, and I think it doesn't help that the last two days at work have been really slow. Not a lot of jobs are coming through, and the ones I get, boom, they're done in 30 seconds, and they're off. Now what? Nothing. And then a weird, like, hangover slash funk, but the one thing I did do over the weekend was I went and saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and I liked it pretty well. It's not one of the best Indiana Jones movies. It wasn't a horrible movie. I didn't actively dislike it. There were things that I didn't like as much as the old ones, but... 
it's a different kind of movie because he's a different kind of character now because he's a lot older, the actor and the character. So it's different, but it has a lot of those Indiana Jones beats, a lot of the things. And I really enjoyed the ending, but I thought it was, well, I can't go into spoilers. It was strange, the things that happened there, but I liked the, the, the overall thing that happened. There you go. There's my spoiler-free review. Strange things happened, but I liked some of it, but not some of the other. How about that action? Go for it. Yes. And then the only other thing I've been doing this week, and this is the thing that I can't believe that I've forgotten because I've had such great times with it all the weeks prior to this and this week included, is play Final Fantasy 16. And oh, oh, baby, oh, buddy. I think I took like one day break from it because I was busy with whatever, and I was really tired when I got home. But, oh man, that game is so good. And I just got to, ah, I won't spoil anything, but I just got to a part. Well, you, you probably know this. When you, if you explore the map, like Explore, Explore, you find the chronoliths. And it goes, it puts it on your map. It says, hey, it's the chronolith. Finally got to the first one that I found, and it's active. And it goes, hey, you want to do a crazy combat challenge with one icon and a specific set abilities with this time-based thing? And as you do the abilities, if you meet challenges with those, you get time back on the clock and you fight enemies. And I went, okay, I guess. This is with an icon that I don't use, though. Well, this is your only option. You better do it. And I said, I will do it. And I did it. This icon is a lot of fun to use. And this chronolith is a ton of fun to do. So I can't wait to get to the point where I can go back to the main world and find all the other ones. And if they've activated, go through with all the other icons that I haven't been using and go, oh, man, look at this I'm doing. Look at that I'm doing. Oh, man, this, this power is actually cool. Oh, man, this actually works really neat. And I use this to counter the things. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting jazzed up just thinking about it. Woo! It's great. It's fun. It's wonderful. I won't say any icon names. I'm not spoiling anything. Just the chronoliths exist, and they're fun. There you go. That's what I've been doing. I've been progressing the story. I'm up to a thing that I can't say, and they went to a place that I can't spoil and met a person that I can't talk about. No. Nope. But it's been great. It's been wonderful and wonderful and wonderful and fun. Oh, see? That's all I needed. I needed to think about Final Fantasy 16 again and all the great times I've been having with it. I'm jumping out of the pit. Eric, what'd you do this week? Getting out of that pit. Oh, boy. I went on another vacation, all right? So we went last. We talked about I had just gotten down south to Ohio to visit some family. We were having our 4th of July weekend because that's what you got to do. You got to have a 4th of July weekend. I went to Kings Island. I had a blast. I rode a whole bunch of rides. The kids rode a bunch of rides. Everybody rode some rides. We went home. We ate good food. I'm telling you, man, we ate steaks. We had burgers. We had dogs. We did smoked brisket. Any kind of barbecuing, any kind of smoking, grilling, we did it. And then to top it off, we had pizza upon pizza upon pizza. So we were eating like kings, having a great time. We set off a couple thousand dollars worth of fireworks, blew up the entire sky, had one malfunction, had one dip over, had one shoot these gigantic willow blasts at us. It wouldn't be 4th of July without that. It wouldn't be it. Without that one mishap. Every year there has to be one, and this year's was these just beautiful willows but they put them in this really awkward long set of tubing and on the very first one what it do it launched the actual whole firework into the sky and then it of course tipped over then launched the other three in three different directions because each blast forced it to a you know different direction the last one what do you think it did it came back at us the individual shooting fireworks with all the fireworks staged and ready to go and I went, oh, 
oh, we'll see what happens. And of course, I'm running out of the way so I don't get exploded on by this uh, whole firework. Sure enough, it didn't do nothing. Created a bunch of smoke, you know, at the end. So we had to take a minute, you know, clear up the smoke. Show resumed. Had such a fantastic time. For those who don't like fireworks and think it's ridiculous and don't like, get out of here. I got no sympathy for you. I hate you folks. I really do. I say it every year. So I got to do it this year too. I love fireworks. I love blowing things up. It's such a good time to me. And I'll never stop. And lastly, how can anybody hate fireworks? If you experience it, how can you dislike it? Now, if you're inside and you got to sleep in early and wake up for quarter end, it kind of sucks. Yeah, sure, fireworks going off. But if you were out there looking at him, you'd go, oh, sweet. Yeah. Everybody loves fireworks. Get out of town. They're pretty. They're gorgeous. And then if you're the person lighting them, you're down there. You hear the sizzle of that wick going in. Boom. Just ground zero blasts going up. You've got charcoal. You've got wrappings all raining down on your head. You see the lights and the smokes. Such a cool angle, such a different experience. Every year, have such a good time with it. I'm glad that after our old school fireworks show, we were able to rekindle it here in this you know environment. I've invited Matt. He never comes though. He don't want to go. He, you know, he says, you never invite me. You're a liar. You're a That's liar. That's a lie. I invited you two years ago. Two years ago, I invited Matt. No. He said no. No, the last one I was invited to was the one we did at. What was it, Al's mom's house? That was Al and James, yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I've been invited to. I've never been invited down to no. Ohio for BS. a Yes, I said, show. Matt, you should come down here to Ohio. You're missing out. You said that in your head, and you were like, oh, I'm going to say this on the show that's false. I don't remember that at all. No, no sir. Matt, he's crazy. He, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a crazy person. Eric likes making up stories, y'all. Don't believe more than 25% of what Eric Ah, oh, come on. 47%. Come on. <laughs> always a half truth you know that it's always a half truth if you do any less than that it's a lie that's how it goes all right so anywho, we did the fireworks had a great time lots of good food now it's sad but it's good man i did play two games this week i played ff16 but i played ff16 last night that was it yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. Every time every time I get on my PlayStation, yeah. I go, oh, I man, maybe Eric's actually making some progress. Yeah. So we can talk about it. No, he's playing Diablo 4 like a loser, like a chump, like a buster. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, my brother-in-law and my sister and my brother all love Diablo, all are on board with Diablo 4 while visiting them. Of course, what am I going to do? They they all want to play. Every time we didn't have anything to do or we were chilling at the house, whatever it was, let's play Diablo. I'm not going to say no. That'd be rude. Oh, hey, sorry, guys. You go play your Diablo. I'm going to go play Final Fantasy. No, let's, I'm let's visiting their house. No, to, I'm going to get on chat with them. We're going to play Diablo. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, I'm going to interrupt. How many times have people come to your house and you do all the stuff they want to do? Now it's time you go to someone else's house and you do all the stuff they want to do still. Mm-mm-mm. It's one or the other, Eric. It's one or the other. And you don't, you don't, you can't get it no ways. You got to get it some ways. So this, there's no excuse, Eric. Come on. No, you got to feed the beast. You got to feed the beast. And that's everybody. Everybody wants something. So you got to give it to them until you collapse and die. <laughs> and then you don't have to give anybody anything because you're dead and you got to worry about it. Uh huh. But until that time, you got to help out. But it's good. I love Diablo. I have told you all, I love Diablo all to hell. And the good part about it was, as I actually started really focusing in and paying attention, season one is coming July 20th. 
And I was trying to figure out like what that entails, what it means. But since I was so just ingrained in FF16 and how much fun I'm having with it, I was putting it off. You know, I wasn't paying attention. I was just kind of half-heartedly going, what do I got to do? What's going on? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be great. Don't worry. Completely found out that uh, if I don't get all the altars of Lilith and un, you know uncover the entire map, I won't get the five bonus uh, skill points that you're going to start out with when the season one starts. So that was great. I went through, got a whole bunch of Liliths. I still got to get more, but I got a ton of them. And I uncovered about yeah, 89% of the map, so I still got a little bit to work on. But I've done at least a good chunk of it, you know what I mean? So even if I fall off the wagon right now, I'll still probably get at least four of those skill points when Season 1 hits on July 20th. What I'm hearing is next week, I'm going to be like, hey, dude, I beat FF16. You'll be like, I played it for about 15 minutes because I had I'm to go get the right now, man. I had to get, I'm at 99% of that map. i got to get that last 1%. I can't, I can't uh, not I'm play going, Diablo 4. It's the only thing I can play. Ah. It's a tough time. It's a tough time. There's a lot of good games out, man. Uh, you know, it's killing me. It's driving me insane. But there are a lot of good games. So, of course, that is what I've been doing with Diablo 4. On current map, doing the little challenges, doing world bosses when they appear, just getting builds up, trying to tinker. I'm going to probably do something completely different when Season 1 hits. I'm going to probably do the Sorceress, but I'm going to do a Lightning build. I was trying to do a Frost build this time. But it requires, like, very specific pieces. And this game doesn't have any designated loot so you can't go farm something in specific anywhere it's just go do uh, nightmare dungeons world bosses etc hope for the best which is great but also sad because i don't have really good luck so i don't really get the drops that i really want maybe if i change the build up we'll get lucky who knows anywho's diablo 4 fun and great and then last night when i did play ff16 it's like you said, Matt, it's just the door opened. It's like, Poof. and I went, oh, let me in. And I just flew right inside, back to the world. Clive was just standing there waiting for me. The hawkers in the village were just gabbing at the mouth, doing their thing. And I was like, yep, I remember what's happening. I know exactly what we're doing. I got into a battle. It was just mm, riding a bicycle. I just got right back into it. Smoking fools. All of a sudden, drama starts happening. I won't say who, but somebody's flying around being crazy, acting a fool. And you're like, well, that's not good. We got to do the thing. And you're like, yeah, let's go do the thing. All of a sudden, you're on rooftops doing stuff. You're going crazy. Getting to the point. And then when, hey, uh, we've conveniently given you all these high potions and you're at this spot, huh? You hit the spot we were talking about last time, correct? And I went, this is where I'll stop tonight because it was like 8 o'clock and I went, eh, I should technically go to bed in like 30, 45 minutes and I don't want to get consumed into this. We'll stop right there, watch a show and go to bed. And now I'm so excited, man. I want to I get in there and I want to go I want to go see what's next. I, I got to see what's next. I'm so excited. It's a really good one. It's really, really good. And I will say this is the one place so far that I have died. But if you do die in the same spot, it's you'll figure it out. It's there was a weird mechanic that I had to do, but I I did want to jump in with more Final Fantasy 16 stuff and say, man, I am so good. We talked about it being easy before, but I am so good at fighting beasts. I've been doing legendary hunts, S rank hunts and stuff. And anytime it's a human, okay, it takes some damage here and there. Anytime it's a beast, I don't even get touched anymore. It's great. It feels good. It's so awesome. Oh God, I'm good at that game. It's so. Mm, mm. Mm, it's tasty. Oh, so good. It is indeed. Very, very good. Can't wait to talk more about it. But that's been the week. Fireworks, video games, having a good time. 
back at work. Here we are. And I don't know which one of these to start with, but I was sitting, I think it was on a Friday night. I played some Final Fantasy 16, and I needed that Zen out time. It's time to watch a long-form video on YouTube. And I went, hey, YouTube, and it said, Jacob Geller uploaded a new video. And I watched it. My mind was blown. The video I'm going to talk about is called Games That Don't Fake the Space. It starts out with an analysis of the feeling of bigness or space in games. It really kind of resonated with me because he talks about a game called Fuel from 2009. It's a big open world post-apocalyptic racing game, essentially. But the game world in there, it's literally 5,500 square miles. You can take your car and literally drive for hours, hours upon hours, across this whole video game world. And it's all essentially seamless. There's no loading, no nothing. But then he contrasts that to things that are much bigger than that, but they don't feel real, is how I'll say it. Because he talks about Microsoft Flight Simulator. That's literally a one-to-one scale of the entire world. But when you're playing it, it's so big that you can't parse it, I guess. So it doesn't feel real. It just feels like, oh, I'm just out in fantasy world. But when you're traversing in a car, like you and I and everybody knows how that feels. And you can literally drive for hours from one end of the map to the other. Very cool. Very cool part of the video. But that's just the start. Because then he goes into how certain video games fake the space, essentially. When you're playing, like, the PS2 God of Wars, you look around, oh, man, look at the beautiful scenery. But anything, there's no back to any of that. There's no building you can go inside. It's a, it's a set piece, and then behind it is nothing. And then, like, a skybox behind that. It's all fake. But then he starts going into games. And some of them are modern games, but then some of them are old games, like PS2 games, and I won't spoil any of them, that don't fake the space. And seeing the camera detach from, you know, how you normally would experience this game and go to the side and see this enormous piece of geometry that for some reason they built out, that it's literally going from step A to step Z all the way down this giant staircase or all the way up. You and I know, and everybody's experienced when you go down like a big elevator. Well, it deloads the first part of the map and it loads in the second. Versus here, again, I won't spoil anything, but just to see how they make it real, it's almost unnerving. It's very strange to look at. And it kind of gave me the creeps, but yet awe at the same time. So everybody should check that one out. It's a very interesting and awe-inspiring video, especially late at night when you're tired and you're watching it on a beautiful display, a big, giant, wide screen, and it's like you're getting sucked into these enormous depths of space or these big expanses of emptiness but for the one tunnel that they made for you to go down absolutely crazy and then a video that just dropped today right before we recorded this i watched it from the completionist now if you remember not too long ago he did a video where right before the wii u and 3dse shops went offline he had bought every single piece of software off of there put them all on a bunch of hard disks and donated them to a video game preservation society Now, he's kind of followed up that video with one called Companies Don't Want You Playing Classic Games, all about video game preservation. And a study that that group did that says that 87% of classic games, however you define classic, they're commercially unavailable. There's no way to play them legally without just downloading ROMs Mm -hmm. right now. And it's something that I've literally experienced recently because... You know, playing some Tears of the Kingdom. I went, hey, I'm liking this. And however you think about that as a as a 3D Zelda game, I went, man, maybe I've been missing out because I haven't played a 3D Zelda since Ocarina of Time. And I didn't even beat that. But I went, you know what? I know there's a Skyward Sword HD version on the Switch. Maybe I'll get that. And I went, well, I know 
There was Twilight Princess HD. There was Wind Waker HD. I'm going to see if they're on sale. I'm going to pick them up on my Switch. You cannot do that. Only Skyward Sword is available. Uh-huh. Two games, the only way to legally play it is to buy that disc and put it into a Wii U console. But how are you going to find any of that anymore? And then you think about it more and more. All these games we grew up with, there's no way to play them anymore. Where are you ever going to find Chikan? How are you going to find that on anything? Yeah, you're not. You're not. You literally are not. You're going to have to go buy it from some freaking collector who's going to sell it to you for 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Then you got to get a Sega Genesis itself, which you got to spend another freaking 200 bucks, two, 300 bucks, whatever they're going for right now. You're, you're talking five, $600 just to play a game. And that shouldn't be that way. Yeah, and they go into that saying, over the last just two years, they did a study, retro video game prices have gone up 33% year over year in that two-year span. And I, I've noticed it because I'm on Reddit in some video game collector subs. It's like, oh, I got all this for 700 bucks. What do you think? And people are like, wow, I would have would have been able to get that for like 200 bucks five, 10 years ago. But now that market is doing its own thing. And even though there are systems like Nintendo Switch Online, you can play some older games with that. But the percentage for like that NES library, you get to play what, like 20 mm-hmm. on Nintendo Switch Online? It's nothing. It's a pittance. He shows in the video, in little tiny fonts, all the Game Boy games, Game Boy Color games, and Game Boy Advance games, the entire library. And then he cuts it down to what you can play legally with you know current technology. And it's like not even a tenth of it. It's ridiculous. It's insane. So anybody who cares about video game history, video game preservation, just any kind of art history, because you know people talk about this with movies too. All the movies that get produced a year, all of them just... Whew, going away, all the old ones going away. I think about it with books a lot of the time. You know how many books get published in a year? You and I read two of them, maybe? Two, three, yeah. (laughs) And they all just go off into the ether. So I think it's important for people to think about. I think it's an important issue. I don't know what to do about it, really. But, I mean, they do have some initiatives they're working on in the video, this group. So educate yourselves. Watch that video. I'll link it either in the show notes or in the Discord, definitely. But two awesome videos. One that's really cool and won't make you sad, and one that will definitely probably make you sad if you care about art preservation at all. But two videos everybody should watch. Boom, go check them out. The last part I'll say on that is I think going forward will probably be okay for games that have released since PS3 and on, just because you can buy them digitally, you can get a hold of them digitally. I would hope that, except for the games that go offline, like Battleborn, for example, that those games will always be available for you to purchase back-end on the digital store, no matter what, with any system going forward. I hope that that happens. There's, there's no promise that. Nobody said that's going to happen. But I do assume, which I shouldn't, that that will be the case. So like anything new going forward, especially PS4 going forward, I would hope is going to be okay. I would hope so too, but then you get into situations where we don't have the license for this game anymore, like the DuckTales remaster. Mm-hmm. That's true. Deadpool's another game you can't play unless you have the disc. That's why I played it. You can't download it anywhere. It's nuts. It's crazy. <sighs> it's a wild world we live in. It is a wild world we live in, and I, it's so it's just weird because I love watching the like retro ricks and all them, them collecting games and just seeing that whole market play out and what they're doing. I love it, and I think it's really cool, but it does annoy me with the very thing you just you brought up earlier was hey, I would love to play it again. Well, because of the collectors and how the market's all going, you can't, unless you've got a lot of money and want to go ahead and buy all that stuff back at an astronomically high price. 
You're not getting it. So that stinks. But anywho's, you know what doesn't stink, Matt? A little video game that just came out. And I mentioned this one, not because I probably will play it, but it's a reminder. It's a reminder, man. It's Atelier Marie, the Alchemist of Salberg. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. There's a game I bought, man. I was so stoked. I was ready. I wanted, you know, I wanted to get into it. I really wanted to rock it out and see what this series is all about. Because a lot of people talk about this series. So I bought Atelier Ryza. I played about, I got about 20 hours into it, but... It's it's ridiculously difficult. It's annoying because constantly crafting and you can't just auto craft. I've talked about it before. It's it's a whole thing, and then the grind is real in that game too. It's old school, so you got to go grind, 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 grind. Come back to your potions. On and on and on. I don't want to give up on it though. You know me. When I get a game in my old brain that I want to do, it always stays in the rotation, just sitting there staring at me. It's still there. Staring at me. I have not deleted. I've deleted games that I want to play actively, like Horizon. I had to delete it. I had to delete it. I had to. It was too much. Too many GBs. I couldn't keep it on there. I got too many other games to play right now. This one, I won't let go. And for that reason, Atelier Marie, it's a remake. Like the OG, you know, way back in the day. Never came over here. Now it's here. And this kind of is like the foundation of what it like grew into, apparently. And you know, I don't know it's firsthand. It just was from reviews and people talking. Apparently, this game kind of was a, a a mixture of story and the sim type game, where you're just doing mostly alchemy, mostly you know building up the world, et cetera, et cetera. And then it kind of split off. Tillier went into two directions. One was just basically a storytelling RPG with some minor additions. And the other was, hey, no, we're big into the sim stuff. You're going to craft this and have to build that. And you got the, this time limit before everything goes away, blah, 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 blah. This game is a very short experience. It's like seven, eight hours. You're Mary. She's a totally lousy alchemist. She finally gets given the Atelier that if she doesn't create like an epic... Uh, concoction by this deadline she's out she's getting thrown out of the school she's gonna be a failure so you get just like in persona a timeline and if you don't succeed this game will end the game with you failing you can just lose this game and not get any ending as with most of the artillery games this one does have several endings and of course as marie i think you know gotta say it properly you will of course not only have the timeline you will have to do the original stuff, which is obviously doing alchemy. So you have to go gather ingredients, do all that stuff. There's a bunch of mini quests and side things you can do as well. So you got the RPG aspects going on. And then in the town, and then there's like the dungeons and the areas on the world map that you can go to. This is the part that's crazy. It's like based off what you need to do, anytime you travel, that takes time up. So you have to think and strategize every moment of your time in this short seven to eight hour experience of where you're going. Because when you travel, it takes time. When you go to hire folks, because yes, you can hire fairies to help you complete objectives and do tasks and of course help you with the alchemy side of things. But they, of course, take resources and it takes them time to accomplish whatever mission it is you set them on. So you have to make sure that you're setting the right ones, doing the right thing. And then on top of that all, if you need particular uh, herbs or whatever it is, or you need to go and get certain creatures, this and that, you have to make sure you're paying attention to where you need to go and what you need to do. Because if you don't, and you just willy-nilly go grind or screw around, time runs out, you lose the game, you get no ending. You just got to start over. That's just how it goes. 
And then, of course, like I said, there's other endings, multiple endings you can get based off your success, based off who you've talked to and met, and what you've done with your time. It's a very neat and cool-sounding game, but also very stressful because you don't have a lot of time. And like I said, it's a seven, eight-hour game, so you could easily fail and screw this up, especially for those of us that aren't accustomed to that and we're just like, yeah, I don't know, I'll just go grind in the Grand Woods for two days to try to overpower things. Well, game over. You, you spend all your time in the woods doing absolutely nothing. So that's kind of a cool thing to do, and I don't really see that in games these days. Maybe I'm not playing the right games to see a time mechanic like that, but it did strike my fancy. And the best part is, being this is a remake, you know, the graphics are all fluffed up and they look really nice, except for the fact that they did the thing Matt hates most and they went with chibi versions Mm -hmm. of all the characters. So you're these little chibi-head people all running around, except for when you're in conversations. Then it pulls up like a really nice you know, artistic motif of them. And then in in specific cutscenes, it also turns them into their normal size or normal looks. So not going to be for Matt. He doesn't like chibi folks. And I don't think he really likes doing alchemy anyway. But if you're out there and you want to experience one of the OG Atelier games remade and you want to get in that franchise on a seven to eight hour experience instead of what I tried to do, which was Ryza and going for like, you know, a 40 to 80 hour experience. This might be for you. Now, of course, jumping straight from that game, we're going to a, not just a game, but a whole collection of games, Matt. Because the FTC has lost their little battle, their little spiff with Xbox. So Activision Blizzard has got the okay, and all their games now will be at the beck and call of Xbox. So if you are happy about that, yay for you. If you're not happy about that, well, that sucks for you. But either way, just thought it was very important. It's kind of like a big milestone that Activision Blizzard will now be going to Xbox. So at some point in the future, you'll be seeing Overwatch 2, you'll be seeing Diablo 4, you'll be seeing... I don't know what they're going to do with World of Warcraft. That one's still kind of up in the air. They haven't talked at all about World of Warcraft, which just amazes me. Like I said, on the sideline, WoW always has 1 to 3 million players. Always. Period. That's just a constant money generator right there. Are they finally now going to get this bad boy onto a console now that Xbox is you know, in the, in the family with them? Or are they going to stick to PC and they really don't care? They're just going to let it make the money it makes and do what it does and not worry about it. I don't know. There's a whole other conversation that could be had based off that whole scenario, but we'll maybe have that conversation another time about what could happen with that. I just wanted to make sure you folks out there know if you're not really paying close attention, now you do know Activision Blizzard is going to be a part of Xbox. They still have to go through the UK, which was a whole shtick. But I don't foresee there being any issues now that all the big dogs have all conceded and are all now on board and Xbox uh, basically won the day. And so hopefully, finally, this can stop being in every weekly gaming news thing that you ever hear. Obviously, we don't talk about it that much, Uh -uh. but literally every other person that I listen to, oh, this week in games, well, hey, Microsoft and the FTC, I'm I'm done hearing about it, oh, carry the way. But now, hey, if it's going through, like you said, maybe the only stopgap is the UK, which the last I heard, unless things have changed, it was all around cloud gaming. If they just put their releases on every cloud gaming platform, then we'll approve it. Okay, fine. I told Eric this off air. Sure, two other people are going to download it on Amazon Luna or whatever else comes next that's immediately going to fail. So why wouldn't you just say yes to that? But Hopefully it's done and dusted. Everybody can just move on with their lives and then realize that not much 
has reasonably changed, really. And it's just more big companies, owning more big companies. Now, the one thing we might see, and I'll ask you, if the rumor mill came real big you know, a while back, and then it all got quiet because of the big battle with PlayStation and Xbox and everything else, do you think now that this is basically in the can, do you think they pull the trigger and buy Square Enix, PlayStation, not Xbox? This will be PlayStation's counter move. The big rumor was Square Enix after they started, you know, getting rid of a lot of their Western stuff and kind of consolidating their portfolio. And then there was a rumor about From Software, but I don't think that one was ever substantiated. I think the Square one, though, there was actual talk about. Do you think now that everything's calmed down and they, you know, they got to move on, they get them? Or do you think that's just more hubba blue? I'm just going to say it's more hubba blue because if I say, I think so, and it doesn't happen, then I look like a chump. And if I say, I think not, and it does happen, then I look like a chump. I mean, it's not important either way, but... Well, actually, this one is important, because if PlayStation did get Square Enix, that basically ensures I stay with PlayStation. Unless Xbox got Atlas, or Sega... Well, they'd have to get Sega to get Atlas, basically, but you know what I'm talking about, because then I'd be that would, I'd be split. Two things. One, you're always just going to stay with PlayStation anyway. It doesn't matter. But two... There was actually talk about it. I can't remember who wrote the article, but I remembered it in Skill Ups This Week in Video Games, either from, it must have been last week. He said uh, there was the big rumor about Xbox going after Sega, and there was a report that, you know, somebody asked higher-ups there, and when that exchange occurred, they said, not right now. Yeah. So maybe the possibility does exist. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? That's one that at least to me, as a long-time well, I was a long-time Xbox gamer, but you know, I was in on the ground floor with the original, then the 360. And so was I. Don't I don't, I'm don't don't think I'm just a PlayStation fanboy. I bought the OG Xbox day one. You never so. talk about it, so I don't ever think about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't talk about it anymore, but I did. I was there day one. But both of those had a bunch of Sega games on them. Not a ton, but a bunch. So that at least would make sense in my brain head. If you want to get a, a nice foothold in the Japanese market like they always talk about, you could secure that with Sega. Yeah, that one makes sense Sega. to me. Activision Blizzard, I don't care. I don't play you dumb games. I don't play no Diablos, no World of Warcraft. I don't hey, even Overwatch play Overwatch. Might come no around more. someday. Fooey. You know, maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll come around again. <laughs> I want to say Overwatch is dead forever. Maybe it'll be back. Who knows? It's over. It's over, Eric. We're not oh, going to talk six. about that though. Right. We're going to talk about good games instead. Boom! Segue of the year right there. <laughs> because we were thinking, man, what's what's there to talk about this week? I pointed at the calendar and I said, it's July. It's been the first half of the year. It's time for the Games of the Year check-in. Obviously, this isn't ranked. This isn't like officially set in stone. This isn't anything. But what's topping the charts for you so far this year? And if you don't want to do this part, we don't have to. What's coming down the track that could derail some of this? That could, boom, shoot a little rocket into what you got going on right now? I'm going to tell you what. This year's a toughie, man. Because I looked back and I said, what did I play? I've got Final Fantasy Crisis Core. Awesome game. Ton of fun. I could not stop playing that game. Every day, wanted to get home, wanted to play it. What else, Eric? Dead Space Remake. Every day, wanted to get home and play that game. Never, just don't stop, can't stop. Jedi. Survivor. Could not stop. Played, 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 played. Talked to Matt a lot about how I love the story. How it did this and did that. It was just fantastic. Wild Hearts. Me and Shay played the hell out of that game. Had a freaking blast every weekend, killing big monsters, having a good time in that world. Just couldn't stop. 
this this doesn't happen, man. The games that I just keep playing and don't stop. That almost there's like one a year, if that, sometimes that I legitimately want to go home and just I can't wait to put this in and play and play and play and play. And then of course, the newest game, FF16 and Diablo 4. Love these games. Love them to death. FF16, haven't finished yet. Diablo 4, I've finished the story, but you know, it's all about just consistently playing all that good stuff. But I gotta tell you, I sat down, and I'm staring at him, I'm thinking back, and I'm like, man, all the fun I had in this, all. Oh. Right now it's to two. And you already know what two it is. There's an, it cannot be any other two. It's FF16, if it continues to be as good as it has been, because I hate speaking of something I don't know. Maybe it all falls apart later, I don't know. But right now, that game is just killing it in every aspect. We've already gushed about it on basically two episodes now. And then, of course, Dead Space Remake. It's just a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece of a game. They did it justice, remade it mm, beautifully. Just beautifully. It's gorgeous. It's just visceral. The new systems they added and the lighting and everything else they did and giving Isaac a voice and kind of making him a character instead of later on when they did. A great choice. Awesome thing to do. Everything about that game was just phenomenal. The only thing is, and why I edge towards FF16, is because Dead Space existed before. It's a game from the past. You know, it was it's wonderful, it's one of my favorite games of all time. But it did its thing and then they only they spruced it up, prettied it up, made it, you know, made it better, but still the core was already there years and years and years ago. Whereas FF sixteen's fresh. I don't know what's happening. I don't have a clue where it's going. It's all new. They all new music for it. Everything's been freshly made for this game this year. So I think right now, FF sixteen is my game of the year. I think that's where I stand. And I hate, I don't hate saying that. I love Final Fantasies, but it just, man, it's just that good. It really is that good. I, th- I think a better way of saying it is it's, it's leading the pack right now. How about yes, that? Yes, it's leading the pack. Yeah. It's leading the pack of some magnificent games. Because I told you Wild Hearts was great, had a ton of fun. FF7 Crisis Core, man, God, they did a good job. Just some great stuff. So... With that being said, Matt, before I say what could challenge that, what the hell's up in your top tier right now? Now, you you said it, that it doesn't happen a lot that you play stuff back to back to back to back to back that you can't stop playing, that you have to play all the time. I made a little note on my notes app on my phone for Game of the Year contenders, and I've been filling it in steadily as I go. Uh, it's only the seventh month of the year, and I already have seven contenders right now because I've played some incredible games this year starting off with i mean eric's gonna blow his load when i say this 13 sentinels Aegis rim is on this list one of the first games i played this year also god of war 2018 is on this list that i was playing back to back with this and or like when i didn't feel like strategy i'd play some god of war when i didn't feel like action i'd play 13 sentinels undertale is also on this list another game that i couldn't wait to come home and play every time and gave me such a unique experience to anything else on this list. A game from forever ago that just blows your mind currently, even in how games are done today. Also on this list is Pushmo, a game that brought back all the Catherine vibes, the kind of puzzle game where you have that aha moment. And I've even said it too, where my hands made the puzzle work, but I didn't even know what I was doing because I was so in the zone. 
It just happened. And I went, oh my God, I did it. Incredible. Amazing. I still haven't beaten that game, but how could I not put that at least on the list? Marvel's Midnight Suns, a game I put over 100 hours into, would play just the random battles over and over and over and over and over again because I had so much fun with it. Forspoken, a game that everybody else in the world hated, but I couldn't wait to come home and run around in that world and find almost every single collectible, every single statue, every single this, every single that, clearing out entire swaths of the map. That's one of the games I platinumed this year, in addition to 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. And then, just like you said right now, Final Fantasy 16, And I think what helps blow that one out of the water for me, I bought like the little magnets of all the logos for all the Final Fantasy games. As I beat them, I'm kind of moving them over on my, my cupboards back there. And I looked at it. I haven't played a Final Fantasy game other than old ones, pixel remasters and all that. Since Final Fantasy 13 came out, the original one, on the 360. So it's been a whole generation plus. And now I'm back in Final Fantasy. And yes, it's different, but it's incredible. All the things I love about Final Fantasy are here, are back. The themes, the, the epicness, every, and everything's scaled up to a level you could never have imagined playing these original, the original 8-bit and 16-bit ones. So I look at this list, and every one of them could be number one for a different reason or another. I don't even know what one to say. Because leading the pack right now, because I'm playing it right now, is Final Fantasy 16. But I look at Forspoken and I go, all the time that I had in that, all the, the smooth combat, the fun, fresh abilities, same thing with Midnight Suns, Pushmo, Undertale, 13 Sentinels. I don't even know. I will, I will say right now, and everyone could say we're both losers and recency bias and whatever, I would say leading the pack is Final Fantasy 16 right now. But when I think about just nonstop gaming madness, like I couldn't get enough of the game that I was playing... 13 Sentinels has to be up there, too, for two totally different reasons, because the two different gameplay styles. But I also can't ignore any of the other things here. So it's going to be a total crapshoot when it comes to the end of the year. But we're not even there yet, because there's so many things that we've bought and haven't played or finished yet. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah, yeah that's one I keep thinking about. <laughs> Horizon. <laughs> so what else could totally throw a giant monkey wrench in here? Give me a few hits. I'm going to give you two, and these ones, because there's more than just two, but I'm trying to be as realistic as possible, and that's Sea of Stars and Alan Wake 2. These two titles probably have the best shot at perhaps dethroning Dead Space, Jedi, or uh, Final Fantasy 16, and that's that's the best case scenario uh, for maybe being a, being a real competition for it, because Sea of Stars may be just a complete homage, utterly beautiful game, just putting me right back into the days of old, playing Chrono Trigger, etc. And if that can take me to that place and give me that happiness and put me back in a time where the world didn't suck, that could easily become Game of the Year. Alan Wake 2, man, you want to talk about a, just a moody, awesome-looking game coming from, of course, Alan Wake years and years ago, which I love and adored. And this one, having all the knowledge and all the upgrades and all the cool new stuff that they learned from Control added into my Alan Wake world, not to mention it's directly related to Control, so there's that whole crossover going on, and you get to have two characters in this one. It's it's definitely stacking right now to be fantastic. 
and has a chance at being my game of the year. Because you know me, I love scary, spooky type games. So uh, it could do it. And it's fresh and new. So uh, yeah, yay. those are the two, I think, that have a good shot of really actually being up in you know the top five competition. Here's what's going on. Unless there's a big one I missed, which is entirely possible. But I, right off the head, those two are big ones. Well, I'll, I'll say, hey, yeah, those two sound good. So I'm going to put them in my list, too. But you went... Sea of Stars, I mean, I've, I backed that on Kickstarter long ago, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. We're both looking forward to Alan Wake 2. I'm going to take it in a more Matt-centric direction and say, because it's a game I haven't played yet, and the reviews I've seen, everything I've heard about it, from the original version to the new remastered, remake, however you want to think about it, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective has a shot. Because I've heard nothing but good stuff about it, nothing but good stuff about the characters, the style, the music the writing. A lot of the Phoenix Wright or Ace Attorney team has made this game too. And those are some of my favorite ever, just for the characters, the writing, the feel of everything. And, you know, just watching some of the gameplay, it looks like an absolute blast. So that's one that could just put a giant rocket buster right in here and totally destroy something on the list. And another game that's coming out real, real soon that should be in my hands literally in a week, Master Detective Archives Raincode. Because that's Made by a lot of the Danganronpa people, Danganronpa style, some dark, some brutal. And like I said before, I did see the review of it from Noisy Pixel. I think they gave it a 9 out of 10. So even if people who maybe, I don't even know if they like the Danganronpa stuff or not, but if people can acknowledge just flat out that it's a great game and it has ties or themes or anything like those games that were some of my games of the year when I played those, that's got a real shot. There's one last one. To add to this, man, Persona 5 Tactica oh, comes out this gosh. year. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'd be remiss and we'd be complete and utter jackholes if we didn't uh, remember and bring that one up. Uh, so there's another one. That one is another one that has a lot of possibilities to go one way or the other. And I can't see it going the other because it's got all the cast. It's got all the, the peeps who did Persona. It's a game... That if you like Persona Five, you're gonna love. I can't. I can't even see an alternate future there. Now, at least the Persona Three remake is next year, right? That's, next that's year, supposed to be yeah, next early year. 2024. Well, see, the other thing I was gonna say, since we're doing one more, I 100% agree with that. Absolutely, my brain kind of went, it's too far off to even think about. Blah, but it is definitely uh-huh. coming out this. Oh, hey, okay, I got two more because I just remembered another one. Super Mario RPG remake. Boom, 100% has a chance. Oh, just. Man. Yep. rocket ship straight to the moon because it'll bring me just like you talked about with sea of stars it'll take me right back to those days of playing this in a carefree world and a wonderful time when i get to those damn tadpoles and i finish the song again in a perfect fashion like i've talked about on shift to monthly topics before it's gonna blow my mind but another one that i've been thinking about and it got delayed i think oh okay well two more after that one more one is starfield the generic answer could be really awesome, could hook me in, could, be. could give me everything. But the other one that got delayed, I think, because of Starfield, Baldur's Gate 3. Obviously, we're loving Final Fantasy 16, and it's given us a, a fantasy RPG experience, but not a real traditional, traditional one. That's what Baldur's Gate 3 is here for. And every time I see it, my heart goes pitter-patter, because I think of the good old Dragon Age days, and I go, that looks like that. And maybe it could be that, too. So, who knows? Yeah, you can have 
I mean, that's going to be pretty cool. I'm cutting that out. I'm not going to put that in there. It's true. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. It's one, it's one <laughs> druid. Come on now. Uh, oh, goodness. That trailer was too ridiculous, but everything else about the game... Is amazing. Yeah, and, and I'm excited for that because as much as Final Fantasy 16 is fantastic and it gives me a lot of those vibes, but it doesn't give me just traditional boots on the ground, elves and dwarves and orcs and bows and arrows and things. That's what this will give me, and I'm I'm excited for it. I am too. There's too many games I'm excited for, so many possibilities in the future. It's nuts. What a good year to be gaming. Oh, man. And, and who knows? There might be some surprises around the corner, Matt. It's a good year to be a gamer, right? <laughs> it sure is. So how about you out there in podcast listener land? What's topping the list of your games of the year so far? And what could possibly knock it off its pedestal? Let us know that via the email, thirdshiftme@gmail.com On the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook on the Third Shift. Hit up the Discord, because I know you're gonna. Find us on Patreon. Hit up the Twitch. Find me at my house. Just knock on the door, and I won't answer. But you can say, I really like Final Fantasy II. You can do those things. Or you can go over to Patreon, little tip jar, throw in a buck, two bucks, three bucks, all kinds of bucks. Keeps the lights on, bills paid. Let's us get to things and do the things we would love to do for the show. And anybody and all peeps who have in the past, present, and future that have done, thrown a tip in, you all are the best. We thank you so very much. But we understand if you don't have a buck or two bucks or any kind of bucks, we say it every week. Same old, same old. You know the deal. Get on over there to the mailbag. Throw in a question. Throw in a response. Throw in a this. Throw in a that. Or go over to the iTunes. Give us the five-star ratings. Go over to the... Uh, uh, wherever Spotify five star ratings over there you can go anywhere all the five star ratings all the positive messages gets us up in the algorithm gets us going keeps people watching and listening every freaking week you know what I'm gonna say and there's one thing I didn't mention that I'll mention right now in the end of the show it's not what Matt's probably shaking his head yes about it's the Borderlands movie section oh yeah yeah the- yeah, yeah. It's the Borderlands movie thing. Kotaku put up a big thing. If you don't know, Kotaku hates Gearbox. They've had a, like a really big private spiff with Randy Pitchford for years. And, and let, let me cut in real quick. I don't think they like video games. They Everything they do is negative about video games. I don't like yeah. them. I, don't, I got them blocked on Twitter. I can't I can't deal with it. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, they're, they're very crazy. However, IGN put up a much better article later on in response to that one and kind of did actual homework and reached out to people to figure out why this happened, why uh, Mason is the name, right? Whatever, the writer of Last of Us. I don't remember what, the, what his name is. All I, Whatever. All I remember is he's, he's going the Alan Smithy route. He's not yeah, going to be he, credited. His name it. got turned into a Suedo name, but they reached out to him. He says he had nothing to do with it, which means that the Writers Guild themselves had to do it. And there's various reasons for like why that can be done or would be done. But either way, it's it's a whole thing and it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong. It's it's just a lot of he said, she said, who really knows? But at least if you go check out the IGN article, it does lay it out very well, the actual facts of like what's happening, why it happened or didn't happen, who they reached out to for any information on it. And then what's the deal? We still don't know the deal. So, you know, maybe it is true and everything's a train wreck, but Kotaku painted it in a different light. IGN did a better article on it, so I'm going to give them props where props are due. Go check out that article if you kind of want just the, the facts of the matter. 
on what's going on with this freaking Borderlands movie that apparently is just in the ether, never coming out. Is it? Is it not? It's got to. It's got too many big stars and big things attached to it. So we're going to see this dang movie someday. I mean, it might turn into a Batgirl scenario. Who knows? But I will go check out that article because I'd heard the, the writer name switch and it could literally mean anything. Because we know they did a whole bunch of reshoots with a different director and all this other kind of stuff. So seeing that, I thought, well, maybe the reshoots are so different from his original script. He didn't want to blah, 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 blah. Who knows? I'll go check out the article. Or maybe he agreed because of whatever that he wouldn't say he did, even though he did. So when they reached out, he said, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Even though he he did. You know, there's a lot of, yeah. lot of whatever. You, you'll never get to the bottom of it unless someone wants to get you to the bottom of it. But I just liked how it was laid out with facts. You know, what what is there, what we do know. And especially right now with the whole Writer's Guild strike, which I don't know if it's still ongoing or not. Yeah, it's still happening, yes. Well, literally anything could change or be different yeah. or whatever. But the things I was throwing my hands up about, since we got like a weird grab bag here, I've forgotten all the other stuff I've pre-ordered. Immortals of Avaeum, because I saw Skillup do a hands-on preview, and it looks way better than I thought it was already when I had already pre-ordered it. So I'm excited for that. That could bust something in. The, the Avatar game comes out in like... December, who knows? Recency bias could just make that the game of the year. Oh my god, I, I've already forgotten the like the three other things that I have pre-ordered. Like a Dragon Gaiden! Ah, ah, okay, too many things. So many. It's so much. It's so good. You gotta help us and support our uh, our hobby by going to that Patreon and throwing a buck or two in so we can keep getting these games and playing them because I'm going to be on the street soon trying to, trying to afford all this, alright? Just letting y'all know. And I will say, hey, let me know because I've thought about it before especially with final fantasy 16 once i got so into it i went man maybe i should have been streaming this from the start so if we're talking about stuff that's coming up that we have pre-ordered and you'd like to see us stream it let us know that but another thing that you should definitely do regardless of any of that is listen to the very next episode which will be dropping on or around the 20th of july on itunes and stitcher on podbean on spotify and on youtube eric's thinking about if he's got a camping trip or not you better not have another trip you son of a bitch i do but regardless <laughs> As I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. I got to cut the show before I remember another pre-order. I'm picking up my phone so I can look. How, what do I got ordered on hey, Amazon? Hey, you know, you know, you're done, man. You're done talking to and everybody. You're done listening because you're going to go to the iTunes and give us those five-star ratings right now. You're, I want you to stop. Cut the show <laughs> and go straight to iTunes right now. Right now. You're pooping. You ain't got nothing better to do. Go to iTunes right now. You're poop. You're mid-poop. Go to iTunes. Boom. Five stars. Get it. Go, go, go. Oh, you're at work. You're already miserable. Take a second out of your day. Just be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to make myself and the boys feel good. I'm going to treat them and treat myself by knowing they're going to read my five-star review on the air, and they'll go, oh, man, they love me. They love me so much this week. We'll slather all over your glorious form. Okay, I got to stop. Hey, there's nothing else to say. nothing else to say. nothing else to say. But don't forget to say. Shut up and sit down. That glorious slather. I love it.